Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> International banking, diplomatic cables, nuclear missile launch codes all rely on unbreakable encryption. What if these codes were no longer secure? That nightmare scenario seems to be a reality. A shadowy underworld syndicate is auctioning off access to the world's encrypted secrets. The only plausible explanation for this ability? Someone has achieved the holy grail of code-breaking quantum computing. Veteran CIA agent John Clooney must track down the perpetrators and retrieve this technology for the U.S. government, and it's personal, as the Enigma brokers have already cost the lives of his fellow agents, perhaps including his partner. John Wessex's The Enigma Brokers is the first book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! I was just leaving the theater. Convertible. 1969 gold Cadillac with the white interior. I it up here. And I started to do some thinking. Around in it on the freeway, and I'm having a really, really good time. Flat black glass. Smoking big spliffs and cruising. Saturday noon to two. On the freeway. Good I am a total John Clooney's friend and ally become a dangerous enemy? 
Private investigator Anton Gruber has been CIA agent John Clooney's trusted aide. Clooney may have questioned Gruber's taste in cuisine, but never his loyalty, until Gruber double-crossed him. Escaping with his life, Clooney is sidelined while his superior attempts to discover how Gruber was compromised. The investigation delves into Gruber's astonishing past, from his unpleasant days as an East German border guard to life as a narcotics agent, from his time in the tango clubs of Buenos Aires to a trip up the Amazon in search of Nazi gold. John Wessex's The Prague Deception is the third book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. Hey, Mutineers Stolowitz here. Have you ever listened to Labor and Love on Saturday mornings, 10 to noon, with Bill Morgan? It's a really excellent show, one of my favorites here at the station. And it's all about service. It might be the devil, it might be the Lord, but we got to serve somebody. And Bill understands the virtue of service as the heart and soul of the labor movement better than a lot of people I know. And it's one of the reasons I love to listen to him. He breaks down socialism, democracy, protest history, workers' news, and the power of unions. Along with that, he serves up an excellent mix of jazz, Latin, gospel, hip-hop, and traditional folk ballads. Great stuff. Check it out. Labor and Love is every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Serve somebody. Meals on Wheels is dedicated to fostering independent living for San Francisco seniors by providing hot, nutritious meals delivered to their homes. They're committed to fostering independent living for as long as possible. For more information, please call Meals on Wheels at 415-920-1111. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Mutiny Radio in San Francisco. Are you looking for local handcrafted leather goods? Look no further than Skin on Skins, a local mission leather working shop. All original pieces handcrafted for you. Jackets, belts, purses, jewelry, everything made out of leather. You need your bicycle seat fixed? You want it in cool leather? Under can do it. You have a motorcycle that you want to fit out with side bags and cool stuff talk to under go to skinonskins.com that's s-k-i-n-o-n-s-k-i-n-s.com you just went to Folsom Street Fair and you don't have enough leather go see under everything is handcrafted and understated quality fine leather handcrafted goods for all of your needs he also does fixes maybe you love that jacket he'll put the zipper back in Talk to Under at SkinOnSkins.com at 20th and Mission. Check them out at SkinOnSkins.com. Volunteer for the San Francisco Food Bank. The San Francisco Food Bank relies on volunteers like you to help sort, package, and distribute healthy food to people in need in San Francisco. Each year, over 22,000 people contribute thousands of hours to fighting hunger in our community. This support will enable the SF Food Bank to distribute 43.5 million pounds of food this year enough for 
thousand meals every day. But they can't do it without volunteers. Visit www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer. Again, www.sffoodbank.org slash volunteer to find out how you can help. Contract killers have the DNA of people who are long dead. CIA agent John Clooney devises a dangerous plan to capture a shadow killer alive. Contract a hit on himself. John Wessex, The Shadow Killers, is the second book of the John Clooney thrillers. Get it on Amazon. on a lark and peeing in the park. You should follow me on Twitter. It's jokes to Carl. That's the duh of Francais, not the duh of dumbass. But never mind that. Don't follow me now. Follow me later. I mean, for right now. Welcome to L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Let's watch a full hyphen-length movie on YouTube. One word, with Mike One Spiegelman word. and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi. I liked your hyphen. I had to throw in the hyphen in full length. It's true to life, you know, it's using the hyphen. A lot of people ask me about our show. By the way, welcome to our show. Uh, Carl's here. I, my name is Mike. Our show is Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube here on Mutiny Radio. 
We're here every Sunday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We stream first on mutinyradio.fm. In the heart of the San Francisco Admission District, what a great shows they have. Go type in mutinyradio.fm. Discover the station uh, and donate. They have several, they have fundraisers. They have Venmo. There is a Patreon page. Do us a favor. Throw it in. Maybe check out the podcast uh, on the website. We are also a podcast. We do it by our acronym. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Uh, you can find us on uh, your, any of your podcast subscribers, subscriptions, and we also have a YouTube channel. We watch a full-length movie on YouTube. We talk through the entire movie. We want you to watch the movie and listen to us at the same time. If you don't have that patience, just go to our YouTube channel where Carl has meticulously synced up our podcast to the movie we are watching. Carl, what is the movie we are watching this week? Today we will watch The Christian Licorice Store. Yes, uh, yes, we're going to do that. The Christian Licorice Store. Now, licorice is L-I-C-O rice. L-I-C-O-R-I-C-E. 1971. Okay, so we are going to go. And uh, who? which channel is this movie on? We like Dino Luca Maria Carboni. Oh, all right. With the accent. Dino um, Luca Maria Carboni. Dino Luca Maria Carboni is the subscription channel on YouTube that is hosting the si, licorice. Signore. The, the Chinese, no, not the Chinese licorice store, the Christian <laughs> licorice store. Man, I have, I have three, four questions already <laughs> just for the four word title. All right. Uh, so we want you to find that link. Find the, the version, click the link, hit pause immediately. We're going to pause it, and we want you to move it to the left. And when you hear go, click go. Well, we're very excited. We have a celebrity comedian who will say go as part of our feature, Celebrity Comedian Countdown. This gives you a chance to find the movie on YouTube. This gives you a chance to learn about a comedian. Celebrity. And them countdown. A celebrity comedian. That's right. We've had some good celebrity comedians, Carl. I don't yeah. hear them before we, we record, but I was just listening to our most recent episode, and I don't know. This shit's interesting. You're pretty good at this shit, dude. Yeah, I know what to ask, and I know who to ask it of. Uh -huh. And, of course, the best interview I've ever done is Andy Quinn. Oh, yeah. You can find it. It's very easy to find what movie and who our guest star is by going to the website and taking a guess. Because our podcasts are listed by the date we broadcast on eradio.fm. All right, take it away, Carl. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Celebrity Comedian, Comedian Countdown. This time with Johnny Hollywood. Johnny! Cloud Dog, yay! Okay, so you are a for real ass comedian. You've been on Impractical Jokers, we've seen you on True TV. One of the things I'm impressed with you about is even though you're a real comedian out there doing gigs, you have yeah. the balls to show up at all these open mics. Try out your mater new material. Mingle with these open micers. Yeah, I guess I do that. Now, one of the things I'm impressed with you about is you have this incredible drive to be in stand-up. I mean, you don't even have a day job. <laughs> Who says you need a day job, Carl? If you have a drive to be a stand-up comedian, usually it's important that you don't have a day job. That way, you're up at night, you're available, 
you can be out there and 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 uh you and know, working you know, on it every night yeah mm-hmm. yeah paul paul used paul uh no filter paul used to tell a joke about um my wife says i don't see her anymore and i'm like that's great because i'm only doing comedy uh eight days a week <laughs> At one of those gigs, I think it was in, uh, uh, not Garfield, it was in Elmwood Park. I, I sang the Beatles song eight days a week. It was right. Paul's got a good marriage because he's out there doing comedy eight days a week. You're very good. I yes. got a roar, but it was an inside joke, right? Sure. That's, that's, yeah, that's a lot legs. of the problems with open mics. They're all, <laughs> a lot of it gets inside. It gets really clicky, and the guys don't have any ambition to do more than that open mic. They become professional open micers. Um, you should definitely be spreading it out and going to as many different open mics as possible. I mean, I used to drive literally like 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes three hours just to go to a different open mic. Okay, so now it is time for everyone at home to watch this movie with us. They got a press play at the exact time as we do. So let's hear a paste comedian countdown with johnny hollywood right now three two one go oh let's crank up the music i got the audio oh uh we want to give a shout i really uh is that the great tunnel or the or the bay area after the golden gate bridge the new jersey Jersey comic you've seen a lot of tunnels right (laughs) yeah Yeah, you gotta go it up oh Uh, my fans it's a bridge and tunnel crowd this looks like uh marin county north uh, when you take the golden gate bridge you have to go through a tunnel right but and especially the hills how they're all barren wilderness it's california this must be a metaphor or a simile well you know i I don't know. You see, the beginning of a film is supposed to give you atmosphere and mood, but right. we're really not coming back here. We are getting atmosphere and mood. It establishes this California. There's a tunnel that you go, and at the end of the tunnel, oh, it looks like someone got fucked up. There's construction. Danger. Danger. Yeah. So it's symbolic. What a ballsy little director. <laughs> well, this guy, you should like him. He directed half of the monkeys episodes. Okay. I like him. Well, he done then pop sensibility. And that has to be Los Angeles, right? Oh, how barren. It's gotta be LA, yeah. yeah. Okay, now we're about to see the end of the film. Oh. Like in uh Box Lux. Lux Box. Have you seen that movie? It's I good. guess no. Box Lux, it starts at the ending and it rolls the end credits at the beginning of the film. Box Lux. I'll B-O-X-L-U-X. And I'm sure I got the title wrong. Look oh. out, dude. DeLorean's going to get fucked up. Yeah, now look, it's not the construction site we saw a minute ago. Oh. Oh, we got psyched out. They showed us the wrong tunnel, potentially. I think that's a stuntman. Yeah, that's a stuntman. That's not Bow Bridges. It could be a Bo Bridges looking stuntman. Right. Like they exist. Oh, this must be the tunnel. Yeah. Now we're at the beginning. Modern day. Okay. We just saw the ending, but now we're at a tennis match. Why? Oh, and there's Bo. Right. 
Now, I'm sure that, like, there's a vendor who's like, licorice, get your licorice. Get your stuff. Available every Sunday. Not available. The meat version, not available on Fridays. Right? They don't sell beef jerky at the licorice, the Christian right. licorice store on Fridays. Not there's on no the meat. meat. No. It's Lent. Oh, what? A, this guy fucked up. He's a professional tennis player. Carl, cut to the chase. What the fuck is a, li a Christian licorice, licorice store. store? I'm not going to cut to the chase. God. All right. As an audience member, I'm intrigued. You name your now, movie. We're waiting for the licorice vendor. You know, when you go play see tennis, they always come around. Licorice. Get, you could get Twizzlers. They frown on it, but you can. They frown on it. Yeah. Now there's, okay, when I first saw this movie, I've, this is four. Okay. I thought uh, for it was the, Jeff Bridges. Well, Bo Bridges is a handsome man, and uh, he was a handsome man as a young man as well, as you can yeah. see. Yeah, he definitely, uh, he still looked like he did, you know, at the height of his popularity. But I thought it was just a super young Jeff Bridges, so right. I incorrectly watched the beginning of this film because he turns his face, it's not, it's not Jeff, it's Bo. So I was be looking at him like he, gosh, he was young. Well, he we haven't so seen we haven't seen the opening credits, so we don't know which bridges this could be. So you're but probably you like, seen this film. All right, you've seen this film four times. I've seen it once. Okay, once. okay. Did so I make now heads? All the reporters are like, "You won today. What's give me your yeah. scoop?" Now it's just overkill for the reality of how many people would be there. Okay. I mean, it's think about how many sports magazines are here. There's Sports Illustrated, Sports Monthly, Sports Weekly, right. Daily Sports. The Daily Sports Sports, sports Racing Tip uh, Sheet. There's Illustrated Sports of... Oh, man. It was rough. Before Sports Illustrated, people right. had to read text-only Sports Monthly. Oh, no. Oh, God. So what a headache. Pictures, right? Well, sometimes they would use the letters to make like a tennis player, like using a <laughs> creative. It was you on know. that purple paper. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mimeograph <laughs> stapled. <laughs> it was part of the Prince Center uh, thing. So he's the mentor. Okay. So this yeah. guy is a former tennis star and he is the coach. Okay. His name's JC and he'll be a big part of our film. In reality, he's a guy who was in silent films and made the transition into sound. One of the few who actually did it. That's cool. What yeah. a cool guy. So we're, we're actually being introduced to him from one of the talkies he did later in his career. Right. Now, his yeah. name's Gilbert Rolland. He's Mexican. And he stopped in the 80s, but he started in the 20s. Wow. Yeah, I'd love to check more of him out. He was uh, in the Cisco Kids series. Uh, that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. And he was in uh, When We Were Strangers, Bad and the Beautiful, Thunder Bay. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him. He was a big guy at the time. Did Spaghetti Westerns, too. Now he's a tennis player mentor. Okay, now we're looking at Maude Adams. And in okay. this movie, her name is Cynthia, which is the name of my comedian wife okay Carl, i'm so disappointed that you did not say then came on then came on you had to get the i'm getting that one out of the way the and then came mod i don't get the joke there's alan arbus not right now in the red sweater i don't get the joke 
There was a TV show that I never saw because it wasn't syndicated when I was watching TV called Maud. M A. I remember Maud. So that then came Maud. Is that the it's name? The theme of song. Oh, that's the theme song. Right. I rarely checked out that show. It, it was wasn't really on that much. Archie Bunker spinoff. Yeah. So it was Archie Bunker, and then it was the Jeffersons. Uh, right. They were neighbors or something. Yes. And then uh, I don't. Yeah, they moved in. Yeah. Uh, and then there was. Uh, oh, go ahead. Archie well, Bunker. We're just meeting Maud Adams, and we're meeting Alan Arbus now. Maud, I'm just going to call her. Uh, Erica. Should I call her Cynthia. Cynthia. Okay. And <laughs> and and he's Monroe. So like he's I don't know what his job is or anything, but she's a photographer. And as she's leaving the like carnival circus thing, they just took photos of. She goes, "Call me," to Alan Arbus. So we're introduced to him as a love interest of Maud, okay? Alan Arbus, right? So that's like Barney Miller, right? I don't know. I've, I've seen his face. Well, I know we who... saw him in Palace, Palace, uh, Gunther's oh, Palace, uh, Greaser's Palace. Oh, Robert Downey Sr.'s film. He Greaser's was Palace. the Jesus character who came down in the parachute. Yeah. Oh, great. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, of course. He was on the yeah. fucking poster. I got you. I remember him. Now, this is a Hollywood party. Carl, I've only seen this once, so I have no idea, but I figure that these are all real mm -hmm. Hollywood people because half the, the cast are actual directors, like good directors. That's exactly directors. right. This is, the director called in a lot of favors, but mostly the producer, the executive producer called in a lot of favors. Um, his name was, um, uh, Michael Laughlin, Mike, no, Fl um, well, I'll talk about it in a minute. Sure. We are seeing a who's who, and I failed you as a researcher. No, no, Carl, I'm telling you, this is, this would, we would have to watch this film more than four times. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Look for Howard Hessman from WKRP in Cincinnati, who was okay. also in our munchies. The vo I, I but voice only in munchies. Director Monty Hellman was going to direct this film but didn't like the script but knew the author he's in it do, uh, do you do you recall where he is you know we saw one of his films monty hellman which yeah, one uh, a little film called cock fighter oh wow that was yeah back. so he and he did two lane uh high, high fuck uh, two lane yeah, uh, two lane Blacktop, Blacktop. And that was written by the same guy who wrote ours, and that's oh. how we got him to be in it. Like, well, that's pretty cool. He, this he is kind of a monkey thing. It. Yeah. So we're seeing a really a who's who of Hollywood in 1969. That's really what year this was shot. Uh, George Krigo, Robert Kaufman, Barney Miller creator Ted Flicker. Wow. <clears throat> You see, our director came to L.A. as a actor first, and he was in an improv group that had uh, Ted Flicker in it and other names you'd know. George Siegel, um, Buck Henry was in it. The group was called The Premise. And so just through his networking, you know, years later, he's doing a movie with, uh, you know, he's, so Ted Flicker's in the party. He'd go on to make Barney Miller. And, of course, we know Alvin, Alan Arbus was on it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, all right. That's cool. Well, I this have to say, cool. 
It's funny you say like he's a monkey's writer because it right. does have a structure. It's a really weird experimental yeah. like yeah. first film. I made a first film structure like this right now. We're being introduced at a Hollywood party, right? And it's just, and we haven't even seen the credits yet. So he is a he directed. Uh, he didn't write anything here. He directed the monkeys. Like oh, he directed his, the monkeys. Yeah. yeah. So he's a big deal. And he pretty much just let the camera go, uh, you know, follow. You know who that guy is? Is that Robert England? No. I don't know, man. I really failed you as a reason. <laughs> no, don't even worry about it. I, I recognize him from my cologne bottle. <laughs> it should be when I go to that guy, I say, there's Frank Thompson and there's Bill. I should be. I feel to... like we should be able to do that if we watch this film continuously. Like, I think if I watch this film several times and I could figure out who's who, that's how I would do it. Here's this a, is, oh, yeah, go ahead. So we didn't see Howard Hessman, did we? I don't know. So this is interesting. Good thing of the director. Here's our opening credits. It's 12 minutes into the film. And they're like, the viewing of our film will be in the projection room downstairs. And now we're seeing the credits of our film. It's pretty cool. But it's our film is the character who's in the audience. The movie opens with the characters in the audience watching their own film. Right. With, uh, with the actors. Uh, uh, his two name. of them. Yeah. Yeah. But they're, these are real names. You know, Lalo Strasson did the music. He's not. In, these are real people. Bo Bridges. So I, I, I don't know. Like, Carl, I think this is a great stunt this director did. Like, yeah. by pulling this, like, having, like, you're in Hollywood. You're going to die in Hollywood. <laughs> you see the way you're going to die. It starts off with you in Hollywood and Hollywood presents your story. And that's the way you open the credits. My thing is, where do you go from there? Like once you set up such a great opening where it's so self-consciously opening a movie, once that scene is opening scene is done, you know, you better have a great next scene. Otherwise it deflates the entire movie. Cause we just yeah. went through this like self-conscious, you know, meta cool, but trick, you know, it should deliver next and directors do that, but it's just, sometimes you see a movie where, eh, you know, like it's clever, you know, you should write your movie backwards. Did you ever see Pootie Tang where it starts off, he, he's talking like Bob Costas and they have a clip from the movie and they show the entire movie. And at the end, they, they go back to the, the set and he goes, oh, we were just going to play the trailer. We just played the whole movie. And it was, you know, that was, you know. <laughs> I did see that film, but I guess I blanked that film out because it was really bad. And so I didn't like, it, you know, like, it's not just a bad reputation. You watch that film and you're like, I don't want to watch it. It's, you want to yeah. leave. Okay, so now we have the inciting incident, okay? And it's kind of late in our film, but boy meets girl. That's what happens here. That what the, this movie is about like their that. relationship. Yeah, I think they have chemistry in this movie, right? I mean, like, they're gonna, it's, it's, I like Mud Adams and Young Bo Bridges is good. And they were sexually attracted to each other in real life. Oh. Yeah. Sources, uh, anonymous sources say on set. Well, I mean, extra, like extra. Bridges says it, the director said it. This one woman called up the director and had an inter phone interview with him about this movie. The guy was 85 years old in Palm Springs. I don't wow. know what year this was. He, maybe he passed on, I'm not sure. But he, that interview really gave me a lot of insight. Oh, no shit. Yeah. 
Did he talk about, was it theatrically released or was it just in film festival? Well, I mean, he didn't really talk about that. He was a little embarrassed about it. It's theatrical release was horrible. Uh, first of all, they didn't like the movie and they sat on it for two years. This thing was shot in 69 and done. Um, the film opened November 24, 71 at the Paris Theater in Boston, four theaters in Detroit. It was also in 71 screened in Greenwich Village. Huh. That's it. And it also never came out on DVD or VHS. I know. That's the crazy part. I'll tell you how I found this film. I was looking for another film. And I believe it was on the channel, the Dino, our friend Dino channel. And right. uh, I, I, as I do, I always check the, the channel's uh, videos. Yeah, yeah, what else do you have? And there was this. And I couldn't believe it. Look at this Mahala Drive, right? Right. I don't know if it's Mulholland Drive. I don't know. It has, do to, be. The it has to be. It has yeah, to be. Look you're, at it. you're a Los Angeles native. You remember this. Well, sure. I lived in Growing Los up Angeles. in Los Angeles. Yeah. You lived off of Mulholland Drive. You can still see far. You can still see your tent over there. Look right there. Your tent right <laughs> off the side of the road. Uh, where do you live in Los Angeles? Off of Mulholland Drive. The good old days, you used to be able to hang out that Hollywood sign and drink bourbon. Oh, yeah. Nowadays. Right. Nowadays, okay, they're... this was filmed, it says in Houston, Texas, and I think that's the trip, but uh, William Pereira's L.A. CMA and theme building, Johnny's Coffee Shop, all L.A., Pacific Coast Highway, Soledad Canyon, Morro Rock. Um, I didn't get down to the specifics. I didn't find them of like, okay, sure. they're on Mulholland Drive now. But they're in Los Angeles. They're not in Texas, right? Right. They're going to take it. They're going to separate for a trip, and I guess he goes to Texas. Right. So what's happened here is everyone went downstairs to watch the film, but not Maud. She, on purpose, bumps into Bo. That's what I'm saying. So the, main char the characters get to see a movie about themselves, but they leave oh, and they don't watch the movie. No. If had they stayed, they would have realized they're going to die in that tunnel. No, they never went to the movie. No, he was in the audience. He but he saw Ma and he's like, I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go check out this lady. <laughs> and he gets up and he leaves his own movie. He stayed for the opening the title where it said Bo Bridges. This movie's intense. So they hook up there and don't and she go she, he she goes he goes, Don't you want to didn't you want to see the movie? And she says, I wanted to wait and see what you did. Like, you know, letting him right. know. I mean, they're just met, right? And she goes, well, he goes, well, like, did I make the right choice? And she goes, I think so. So they went to cook at her house, and now they're going to become a couple. But they don't eat the food, right? They won't eat the food. Well, how do they cook for nothing? Hey, come on, you want to come over to my place and make a dinner? Yeah, sure. What's for dinner? Uh, I don't know. Next. <laughs> uh, some carrots. I don't want to cook something. Of course, they have a candle. They no. sat on this movie. Because this movie has, yeah. like, a vibe of, like, this is my first film. Yeah. It, you know, but it's, it takes so many great hits, swings, you know? Like, even, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. I don't it does scene. do some good things. Now, there is a dream sequence. It's the best thing about the film, I think. Um when we get to that scene, I'll tell you. Okay. Does the, in the dream sequence, is there a Christian licorice store? <laughs> All right. I'll just tell you. 
There's a guy who's a song, uh, like a folk singer kind of person, like one of those singer songwriters with a guitar, and he's in the film. <clears throat> he's got a song uh, called Pleasant Street. Pleasant Street, okay? okay? It says, the lyrics are, you don't remember what to say, you don't remember what to do, you don't remember where to go, you don't remember what to choose. You wheel, you steal, you feel, you kneel down, and all the stony people walking around in Christian licorice clothes, I can't hesitate, I can't wait for Pleasant Street. That's it. Christian licorice clothes became Christian licorice store. There's no reason... So the lyrics are about a guy who feels uh, alienated from people hating him, but he doesn't care about your moral clothes. And that's what he's about. That's a Bo Bridges thing. This is what yeah. he never saw. He, he should have stayed. For, he, they should have stayed for the movie, like, and they would have lived. You it got a sequel. Out. Okay, the guy who wrote this and was a producer is called Floyd. Much vroom, vroom. and he picked the name. He, you remember the Hollywood Nights in 1980? Yeah, right. I haven't seen it. I know of it. Oh, you never saw it? Oh, okay. I, I think pause, it's, I read about it. Go and find Hollywood Nights. You should see that. So, I think he was you know, he's still in, all right. He's still in so anyway, Island. he made that film. That's um, okay. I won't go on about him. It's just that he had a big part in have, making this thing happen. Oh, look, it's Wilson from uh, Castaway. Yeah, it's his yeah. first ever. This is his premiere film. He's not credited. Not credited. Okay? Well, yeah. I mean, ironically, it is. It is. Like tennis racket. He said, really? like, yeah, can I at least have my name in the movie? And they said, all right. Bonds. John. John I. Johnny. Johnny. Oh, multiple Johnnies. Johnnies. Look at that. I bet that place does not exist. So now we're having a montage of two men about town. Let's get some roasted chicken for a dollar of $2.85. And I think all they're trying to do is say, this guy's his mentor. He's right by his side. He's his partner through everything. Look, they're reading the newspaper in a diner. I'm so glad I went to this movie. <laughs> I never have a chance to see that on the big screen instead of walking by it on the, on the street. Uh, did you see Marmaduke? That was really funny. You see how he was swiping? Like, even though it was a manual thing, like when you turned the pages when you yeah. read the paper, you were swiping. We invented swiping. Well, you notice that he went to the very corner and pulled it because it was like dog-eared already. Right, right. Yeah. And then eating a hot dog and eating then going to a Yeah. Now, she, Maud Adams, was a model, and she only had eaten a hot dog because the, the director said, roll them. You know she didn't eat hot dogs. At this point in my life, I would not eat a hot dog and then go to a payphone. I would probably, like, pace myself. <laughs> I would not walk into a payphone with a hot dog. Now, you know, maybe I'm older. You know, Stan Lee? Itchy That's guy. A Stan Lee cameo. Oh, almost yeah. every Barbie Twins. One. Hugh Hefner having a beer. Now, Maude Adams was, um, she broke, she was a model, but she broke into film pretty quick. She was in Rollerball as the love interest, not the love interest, like a sort James of Con. wife of James Caan, yeah. Yeah, she said, honey, what are, where are you going? Right. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to go outside. I'll be right back. Yeah. You're right. going to go Rollerball. 
No, but she, that scene, she, he was, he let her go. She oh, was yeah. a, right? She was I don't a, remember that movie. Oh, okay. Um, but really, she was a Bond girl. The man right. with the golden gun, Octopussy. She was an extra in A View to a Kill. She was just there to meet, to see Roger Moore. And they they made was her she the same. Was he the same character? No. No. Was he Octopussy? She was, okay. Um. I saw Octopussy. I don't remember. I don't remember that movie. She uh, she was the only actress to play a title role in a Bond movie, which she did in Octopussy in 83. Boom. She played secondary Bond girl in The Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, and she was visiting Roger Moore, and they just put her in the film in The Feudal Kill. Nice. Okay, so they met each other at the party. They had a little, you know, sex. Uh-huh. And we saw a day of the two of them apart, and now they're taking a drive together. And we're going to now meet the legendary director, um, uh, Renoir, Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Jean Renoir. Now, the thing is, the credits don't say France, like the, this was a filming location, but I mean. This is France? I don't the know. Jean, okay, Jean Renoir was a very famous director lived of French films. He's actually the son of, you know, Renoir, that artist. Yeah, from... and the only film I know of is his Grand Illusion. And I don't even think I've seen it. Uh, yeah, Gr- La Grande Illusion, 1939. Oh, the... Rules of the Game, no? Yeah, he, he, oh, really, from Monopoly and Scrabble? I love his work. <laughs> I'm very familiar. And, His Citizens uh, of Catan was genius. So he, the executive producer's wife was a family friend of the Renoirs in France. She was like a French lady, a Claudia, blah, 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 blah. And um, so they just asked him. He called in all these favors. He agreed to do it. I can't see him flying all the way to L.A. to do it, but this was the last major motion picture he was in even though its release was so pathetic. This is his last. And he's just talking about life. Yeah, he's talking about a book he's writing and he's complimenting Maud on how pretty she is. And she's, he's saying that he sees the two of them being a couple and he goes like, marry her. You have be happier for all your days. Go ahead, listen to him if you want. Okay. Marry her. <laughs> Live the rest of your life with her day. See, there's the talking I about am. them being together. But it, okay, but it, so Wait, go ahead, keep it up, keep it up. To have the limitation on to stay on the screen, you should also walk in uh, this is just one take, you and you're going to put it in the off. movie. It's a single take. I'm not going to reshoot my my conversation. Chicken, chicken. That's wonderful. You don't need it. 
Hey, how, how come that uh, tree is so strangely shaped? Because this tree died. You know, the, the big trunk, which is so beautiful in the middle, is a dead tree. And this tree, even being dead, had a certain uh, lust for life. Now, you're right about this, the scene. It was a one-take scene. It was completely improvised. The only thing the director wanted was Jean Renoir in his, his um, Pierre-Auguste Renoir in his film. Sort of like bragging rights. So he talks about it in that interview in his retirement home. Jean Renoir was a favor. He's like a Picasso, one of the great men of all time, a great filmmaker. So we allowed, we were allowed to be in his house for the afternoon. That's why I think it's in France. Makes sense. One of the partner. And you, that, that is, that's not a secret. Now, be on the lookout for Colonel Henry Blake. The internet tells me this is his first film ever. He plays a character called Smallwood. I never saw him once, and I saw this film three times. The Renoir thing, I, I saw this once. When he was talking, I was really interested, like he was talking about them. But then I realized, like, He's a famous person. Right. Uh, he's a famous director. And he, he's made better movies. It's the same thing as Monty Hellman. It's like, it's just, and then he, then I'm like, I get back to what he's saying and I have no idea what he's saying because he's just <laughs> rambling about. So I, that's what I was going to bring up. But I, I'm sorry about that, Carl. Now, this guy also did the Muppet movie, this director. Oh, great. So you see, he would be, go on to do great things. Now, the thing is, he directed 58 episodes of The Monkees, and then he shot this film. He's only 33 years old here. He okay. would go on to do, like, Cagney and Lacey, Smallville, Judging Amy, Ghost Whisperer. You know, he was out there. Oh, yeah, check this out, Mike. His father was Fred Mertz in, o in I Love Lucy. There you go. That's his dad. That's how I know. That's his connection to Renoir. Then he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big I Love Lucy fan. <laughs> My favorite is that unhappy couple. They would uh, walk into the house together. That's my dad. Now, we never saw Fred Mertz's bedroom because they slept in a, the same bed. They weren't in separate beds. They were not happy. Like Lucy and, and Ricky, they were happy because they, they slept in separate beds. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, Lucy had her sleep apnea machine, and that proposed its own challenges. Oh, yeah. So they had separate beds. They couldn't say sleep apnea machines back in the 50s. They would have to, like, say, oh, that event. <laughs> Very controversial. It was the first sitcom to bring it up. Now, this is really, like, I don't know. I think we're supposed to think of it as, like, their relationship, them sharing. But in truth, it's Bo Bridges talking about his childhood. Like, okay, now we're they're going to separate because Bo is going on a trip. And so she'll be home alone while he is, I guess this is when they go to Texas, while he plays a match. And the thing is, like, they have very separate experiences, but they both, like, go on dates. Are there birds over by you? Oh, do you hear birds? Yeah. Yeah, they're always around. I had the windows open. The whole neighborhood could hear me. 
Now look, you remember airplane food? Right. Yeah, you get it with a side of wine. I guess they're in first class, but people don't know that in coach you would get a meal. You would get a sort of TV dinner kind of meal. That's a very TV dinner looking meal. Yeah. Well, they got a lot of anemones. Look, there's a pay rotary phone right behind them. Like now, if you what wanna... he's saying is like, you got, they want you to do a commercial. And he goes, should I do it? And he's like, eh, you know what? I mean, he was a tennis player. He's not a manager like, yeah, he wants money. He's more of a manager. I don't know if it's a real person in the real world, but but he's advising him not to take the commercial, just focus on tennis. Like a Wheaties box? Yeah, that kind of thing. I think it was for a hairspray. And he goes, I don't even use hairspray. And he goes, I know that didn't seem to discourage them. This is pretty cool. You like you're a silent movie star, and then you're like, yeah, I get to play a first class traveler. Now he started in the twenties, and talkies came what late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, right. So we saw like um, Harry Langdon from the twenties, and the General, and and uh, Buck Fatty Arbuckle on our show. So, like, he came from that era, but we really don't know what his parts were. It might have been that he wasn't a star and he couldn't really, he didn't have a problem to transition to talkies because he wasn't one of the stars of right. Simon's. And he has a good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's another Wilson. Ripped his head right off, poor Wilson. Ooh, I always wanted to know if it was like this. Uh, play tennis in the early 70s oh late 60s yeah this is 1969 yeah you have to wear eyes on sweater right it's oh. tennis yeah boing boing good taunt yeah these bands feel good everything looks all right <laughs> now the oh, right. wife of this executive producer she also got maude adams to be in this film he did a lot for this uh, this this uh, movie. When I watched this film, and I, I only watched it because it looked like a talkie. I just wanted to make sure I knew what they were saying. Uh -huh. But he goes, uh, okay, M or W, when they're picking who serves first. And, oh, then, right. uh, and then he spun the Wilson racket. So the, M, the W turned into an M while it spun, and then it stopped, and then it was so-and-so. I, I, I didn't even notice... I noticed that the very first time I watched it ever, but I forgot about it. I didn't even notice that other times. And it's kind of weird. I guess that's a standard thing. You would know if you were a tennis person, right? Right. You think everyone here was excited playing extras in uh, the Christian liquor store? They signed a release <laughs> form. There was a craft service table. Here's another thing. Before the match, they're friendly lobbing a ball together, you know, volleying a ball. Does that sound right either? In tennis, you... I don't know, you know. I came to, I was very disappointed in my first uh, tournament when I went there. I was yeah. like, oh, I thought there was going to be sets. <laughs> like, I had my list. I you had your five minutes ready. Yeah, yeah. There's no sets tonight? And yeah. 
Whoa, we got him. We got oh, we got him. Good golf clap. Golf clap. Okay, he's winding up and hit pitch. Oh, we got him. A lot of the stuff so far in this film is impressive. That shot of the plane going up and the fact that Bo Bridges is playing tennis. Like, you know, what? how many actors you know would be like, okay, I'll play tennis. I'll learn tennis <laughs> for a role. I wouldn't. Uh, money's money. He was young. Yeah. Maybe he knew how to play tennis. I guess. Uh, the real Bo Bridges was a basketball player of and a big deal even though he wasn't a tall person um i don't have it in front of me but he played college ball and he was offered like a nba thing seriously but he became an actor instead um all my write-up about him here is all about his family you know who's his dad who's his brother Gross! Oh, phew. Let me get out of here. Ooh, uh, now we're with Maud, and who should be there but Creepy Monroe? Now, Monroe yeah. is a jerk in this film. Like, she's like, call me. He's trying to, like, get in her pants, but at the same time, he he, he nags her. It's it's weird. Looks like he's trying to get into her wardrobe. They, they <laughs> almost match. Oh, he, yeah, yeah he, what, he berates her? Yes. Uh, no, berate means, like, basically he criticizes her. You smoke too much. You you need to make a dis I don't know. He, like, yeah. badgers her. And he's on a date with her. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, see if it works, I guess. Not going to work. Now. Bo is. Oh. Okay. You see, JP's making notes. It's JC. JC's making notes. His note is, name is Jonathan Carruthers. JC. I thought he was scratching a scratcher. <laughs> oh, you thought it was. Uh, what's a scratcher? Like a, one of those lottery cards. Oh, he's doing a scratch off. Well, he's got a pen. Oh, yeah. So he's writing. And... We find a quarter. Bo Bridges is, like, fucking up in this match. Wow. We flew over to Texas to watch him screw up. I guess this is exciting. So, so far, there's a storyline, right? Uh, The storyline is boy meets girl. So the storyline so far is... This guy's an up-and-coming tennis player. He's got a good mentor, coach, person. He meets a girl. They go on a date. It looks like they're going to get together. They meet Renoir. And now they're separated. Now, when right. he gets back, it's the first time he's a little mean to her, you see. See, Bobo just keeps losing. He keeps missing the ball. He probably realized he sucks in tennis. Like, what am I doing here? It's good. This is a story plot. Usually they, they win. Right. We've seen that before. Like the bowling film we saw. Yeah. And like just win, win, win. 
the, that sports montage of him losing. I like the 80s song that they've, you're a loser. Do, do, do. Get on the church court and lose. Zero love for you. Well, loser. this was filmed in 69, so they were playing the Beatles song. Oh, yeah. How did that go? I'm a loser. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a loser, and I'm not what I appear to be. Well, then what's the Tim Buckley song? Maybe we could get some loser in there. Uh, the Tim Buckley song will be played, and you could turn up the music sure. when, yeah, Maude will be taking pictures of him. Is, is uh, Monroe with her? Monroe is not. Monroe's going to go away after he acts like an asshole at dinner. All right. Hey, loser. Yeah, well, we're in the middle right now, and he's giving him, you're not following through on your backhand. Backhand. This, you're playing his game. He's got to play your game. Okay, turn it up. Because he's going to berate Maude like, I think you're right to use that word. I don't know if you're right. No, it's negative. There's a term for it. I know how to take care of myself. Don't do it. Don't. He's, he's on a date. That's a good point. Will you please? I know how to run my life. Keep it on. Keep it on. Say it. Okay, that's good. I just wanted you to hear what a jerk he was. But look, now I failed you as a researcher. I cannot find out who that man is on stage. It looks like- Oh, no problem. This place is so weird. Okay, I've only seen this film once, but it's like a nightclub or a guy's house or something. So, oh no, it's a nightclub right here. I guess the Hollywood House Mansion. But yeah, it's cool. It's like you have a dinner, you have a brandy, you sit down, and there's a brandy waiting for you, or you sit down on a table yeah. and someone left, you drink their leftover brandy. Right. Yeah. It's so much cheaper your night when you do that. You look for, I usually look for those uh, bottle service. Like if someone left a bottle, I would sit on that table and then just, it's easy because you could just drink from the bottle <laughs> and you're actually helping them because it's a lighter bottle to take off the table. That's very true. Yeah. I'm for the common man. So, He's having a much better night than she was. There's Meatloaf, I guess. Oh, it's back a horrible when... song, horrible song. This is back when he was Tuna Helper. <laughs> so we're in Texas. I guess, yes. The pawn shops. Houston. It is Meatloaf. He's got this horrible song. I would, I would Google it a million ways. Performers in the Christian liquor store, licorice store, uh, musical performances, just try music. You know, I just couldn't. Find it. I, I Googled it and uh, Google shut me down. They said, yeah. Yeah, we don't want you to know. He, yeah, right. He, we're paid to not allow this. He does not want you to know. Okay, so you can see they're both on dates. Hers is shitty and his is sexy. Well, must be attracted to losers. 
Now, you did you see that her boobs were used as flotation devices? You see them on a trampoline, and that's really before, like, you know, America's home videos, right? Right. Everyone would get their asses kicked on a trampoline. Oh, yeah, back then it was perfectly safe. Look at his unshaved face, that right? pretty cool. Oh, and there's a, so she's literally going to the airport. Right, she's going to the airport. Now, this is a pre-9-11 time, so she'll be able to walk right up to the gate when he gets off the plane, where he gets off the plane. This is LAX. You know, I could tell, man, because of the, uh, that runway. It's still the same after all these years. Yeah, I can tell what this airport lacks. LAX. Oh, yeah. See, there you go. There it is. There it is. Look like a Fisher-Price design, right? Fisher-Price toys. I always think like Batman. It's like a villain. Ah, yeah. Or it's a revolving restaurant. Justice League. (laughs) I guess that's the one, right? The Justice League. Yeah. Or uh, C-Lab 2020. Yeah, right, right, right. So this was before when they were, when it was Earth Lab, Ground Lab. Grandma, Laxland. Now look how she just parks. Right, opens up her car. Yeah. Oh, I broke down. That's going to fool everyone, Maud. Oh, that's what you do back in the day at the airport. You would drive up to the curb. Open up your truck, like, and then go in there, and it'll be like, oh, put your lights on. You remember when we were kids, you'd see cars broke down the side of the road all the time, all the time. You don't see that today. No. Well, people have better access to calling. and Now, Maude took the conveyor belt because it was quicker <laughs> to get in to the airport. Have you guys seen my camera? It was, I checked it in. It's just, oh, there it is. It's on the conveyor belt. Now, look what the director does. He gives Bo Bridges stress. Okay, so he goes to Texas, loses, cheats on his girl. Now he can't get his bag. So it doesn't really lead anywhere good. But, okay, see, their relationship's going to start to deteriorate. So he does a half-assed job of, he doesn't do it in a good sequence, in my opinion, you know, because there's breaks of, now they're going to be happy to see each other, you know? It's. Well, I understand what he's doing, but I, I don't know if it was well done. This is all going to lead to them driving into a tunnel and dying. No, they will ha- be estranged at that point. Oh. oh, Bridges will die. As a matter of fact, after he's dead, he'll still be his commercial that he did that she advised him not to do will be on the TV and she'll be watching it, not knowing that he's gone. That's good closure. Oh, so this is a a, a parable about the being young and talented in a corrupt uh, city, Los Angeles. Yeah, it is about getting corrupted by the Hollywood lifestyle, but it's not really done very well. I mean. Bo Bridges does the brooding. Bo, it wasn't like exterior forces separated them, like he took the movie role and now he ignores her. That doesn't happen. Nice to meet you, JC. JC, this is Wilson. Wilson, JC. Oh, 
I've heard promising things about you, young man. Yeah. A fellow silent movie star, I see. Wow, he has a camera. Like, this isn't like a blue screen shot either. Like, they no, have like, rigged that like up. Trailer. They're on a trailer, probably. Yeah. Now, he, like, there's, they're lying about what they did on their, you know, while the other, you know, while they were apart. Oh, I, I won all these games. It's great. Look, it's not a trailer. But maybe, like, they're in a fruit truck in front of them. Oh, nope. Whoa, dude. That was dangerous. Cut, cut. Cut. <laughs> Would you mind biking out of my shot? Hey, you know, for the next scene, can I just sit in the back seat? I think that'll be safer. Now I'm the director is giving seat. him more stress. They're looking for a parking spot. Are you leaving? No. Oh, here's a spot. And there's going to be an old lady. Not uh, an old lady, but here's here it is. Turn it up. Turn it up. Go down the block. Go on. This spot is reserved. My husband's going around the block. Yeah, that's cool. She brought her a chair. When they have people sit down, they put a chair and they sit down in the parking yeah. spot. Or they just leave the chair. Now, she passed the only good spot. So he's furious in a polite way. So he's like, that's it. I'm driving. People are honking at him. Is that his car? Like, what's with this weird yellow car? I guess it's her car. It is her car. Oh, right. He had the other one. Right. She met Monroe while she was driving away in that car. So now he's, like, being mean to her. Like, would you leave me alone, please? He's just frustrated. But... You would think that would lead to a continued segment of them declining, but it, it gets interrupted again. These rude um, sailor guys come up and, like, insult him. He's not a man and try <laughs> to take his girl. And then Bowbridge just gets slick and he says, he goes, hey, guys, we just got back from the hospital and we, my wife had a miscarriage. We'd like to be alone. Is it okay? And they're like, "Ah, uh, yes, you know. Oh, I want to hear. All right, so I'm going to get the sound of that. Excuse me, fellas. Uh, my wife and I just came from the hospital. She had a miscarriage. You have to be wrong. Did you excuse us? I appreciate it. Hey. We missed the taunting. It was a good reverse when Bo shut this thing down. That's okay. a shitty thing to say, though. Yeah. Well, it is, but they were being pig assholes. They were like saying, this guy's not a man. Can you believe she's going out with him? You know, so they could overhear. Why don't we help her out? Okay, excuse me, buddy. Right? And he goes, right. uh, we had a... Okay, this is a weird scene. I don't think it's improvised, but it feels that way. It's just them having lunch or something but he's going to reminisce about the good old days of la oh yeah before as one does as one does but before it really became hollywood like it is today sort of like in the silent era when they were all making fish burgers really you know right out in the woods but now it's a super populated place like the town grew around him so Is a cop driving past your L.A. home right now? I heard the siren, did it? Yeah, it's still going. Are you in the mean streets? You're in the hood? Oh, I'm in the Mission District, in the studio. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, me too. I'll be at Pamtastic's Fun House tonight. No, yeah, right. And then I'll be uh, at the late show, the midnight show. I'll be locking up the studio. Ooh, middle finger. Middle finger. Fuck you. Fuck you and your tennis skills. I should uh, I have the windows open. It was kind of a mistake today. Your ride's you. here, Mike. Uh, I got to go. My ride's here. There was that super bad movie. And he's like, would you please handcuff me? And Or maybe it was the cop's idea. Remember that scrying right. little guy? Get off me, cop! And they put him in the car. Just to get a buzz going around his school or whatever it was. So this scene just drones on and on and on. Um, you know what? Someone called the cops on me for uh, stepping on your uh, the your raw research. Your, that was good. Yeah. I just felt like th this is another example. Like, they just let this guy go. And it's he does these great stages. And then the static conversation, you're just like, well. Yeah. You know, he believes that he was making a European-style film. And, like, a lot of the internet believes that, too. But I just kind of don't see it. Um, <clears throat> where I think I have some flowerly language about that somewhere. By the way, Laverne and Shirley were going to be on this film. They ended up in the cutting room floor. He didn't know who he had. He had both Penny Marshall and Cindy Williams in very small parts wow. in this film. Five years before Laverne and Shirley. But it, they didn't make it into the film. They were uh, cast out of the store. Clearance. But the thing is, if Laverne and Shirley appeared in the same film, this would have been a talking point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm sure people would know this film. They would they would be on the right. cover of the box. It would Sorry, have Penny Marshall and Sydney Williams. So JC is done remembering the old days. And so he goes, well, I was planning to die this evening, so I really must get to it. So now he's gone off to die in his sleep. We'll never see him again. That's right. Well, I guess uh, their relationship is better. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Now it's good. Everybody's talking about it. The Christian licorice store. <laughs> <laughs> Christian licorice clothing. So do you For mean those... like church clothing where it has that color licorice i don't know what it means like so a blouse she just said do you think someday we'll be able to tell each other all of our secrets and he goes i think so and then he goes but then again maybe not and it's sort of like a melancholy ending still showing us that things will fall apart all right but first uh hey crew let's take a break that's what i say <laughs> That's what the director says before he plays pool. He goes, that's your cue to take a break. Camera was behind the eight ball. <laughs> your camera work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here they are in like the doing it scene, but it's after. And she's like, the best things in life happen when you're naked. 
But like he's distant and he says stuff like, can you leave me alone, please? But meanwhile, he's all kissing on her and I right. don't know. Well, it seems like at a certain point he starts to erode, right? Like he's his rising star. He's got, he's here in Hollywood. They made a movie about him. He's the star of his own film, technically. Yeah, but, and but, then but just, it's already begun, you see, and he's not doing those things you're talking about. Right, yeah. But then he gets more and more, I guess, irrelevant, right? Like, he gets more and more irrelevant as this film goes. Like, he can't play tennis. He's cheating. He's... No, no, he's okay playing tennis and everything. Um, it, it wasn't the beginning of the end. He's going to go on and win and stuff. Um, I don't know. I this movie's really about their relationship. And I got to tell you, the way it falls apart has nothing to do with exterior forces. It's all... Bo Bridges character. So it isn't that Hollywood corrupted a pure soul, you know? Right. Well, I always felt that way because he does the commercial. That, you know, he wasn't supposed to. Well, she advised not to. JC advised not to. But he broke up with her and JC died. So... There was nobody left to say no. Did he really did die? Like they they just like had post quotal conversation about the death of like, oh that was fantastic. You were great. Hang on, let me catch my breath. Hey, did you hear the news? JC followed up on his uh and died <laughs> in his sleep. <laughs> no. Uh see this gotta, gotta be careful. I don't want to get a tennis elbow. Now, they did not really do it in the movie. All right. At least there is no internet report that PP and JJ shook hands. Sydney, uh, Laverne and Shirley were in bed with them. Okay. <laughs> now, here is, like, a good scene. And in my opinion, like, I want to watch the film in this interesting camera work and Black and white and dream sequence. He it's a under pressure. Yeah. He created, he created 80s music videos. <laughs> the band plays the referee, the rest of the band. He's the star of the music video, and the rest of the band are in the audience, right? Like maybe the, the bass player is the judge or whatever. Ref. Now you see how JC stands to the side and judges him, right? Yeah. I thought that, I don't know, you didn't really see that in the film, except for that one time he was, I don't know, he just, he was a very friendly character. I don't see how this is. Oh, that shot is nothing but net. <laughs> that, that shot was nothing but net. And it was a tennis film. Yeah. Look at him, look at him. Oh, is he dead? Oh, yeah. So whose dream did we watch? JC's or uh Yeah, we were watching oh, JC's dream as he dies. Right. As promised. He promised he would die in his sleep. He didn't promise the uh, dream sequence. That's the trick. You got to under under promise and over deliver. Over deliver. That's it. He's gone. We're seeing pictures of his life. Mexican hat. Now she will inform Maud. I mean, he. 
Hey, Wilson. <laughs> well, so these are all his photos, his headshots from last 10 years. Well, that's Bo Bridges, his mentor, um, his protege, is that the word? Oh, I gotcha, yeah. Ooh, so bright. There's his pink robe, right? The stylish. He was just going to walk into his mentor's bathroom, uh, bedroom. Well, who, Bo Bridges? He's nowhere yeah. nearby. Oh. This is like across town over in Dead World. So this is just a cameraman being artsy about it. Oh, yeah, he made a full circle and showed pictures of his life. Oh, she walked in and found him. I got gotcha. you. No, nobody found anybody. Oh, she got the news. So the cameraman right. did it. The cameraman killed JC. And then shot a music video. He decided Aerosmith's video. Wow. Funeral. You know, Hertz is number one in car rentals. Yeah, when Budget heard that news, it hurts. Oh, that's a good movie. Okay. Oh, no, yeah, right. watching. Oh, oh damn. damn. Damn it. Right, he has to die at the end. Pacific Coast Highway. Now you see that car and you said, maybe he's going to die. Maybe he's going to die. But nope. Nope, not DeLorean. Uh, okay, long... so the guy playing the guitar in this, I forget his name, but he made a really big deal about it on his website. Like this was the greatest thing ever. You'll never even see his face. Wong, wong. Wong. Strum, strum. Right. That's, we, I, I knew of Where a bag. That's, you see his nose? Yeah. Yeah, that's all you're going to see. On his website, he's like, I was in a major motion picture, the Christian liquor store. Also at Frank's Garage and Pizza Shop. On March 27th, I'll really? be at open mic on March 44. I'm going. I'm going to check him out. <laughs> he was in that movie, remember? Christian Liquor Store? Christian Liquor Store, yeah. Oh, Licorice Pizza? No, 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 no. No, no. Not Licorice Pizza. Oh, no, not Licorice Pizza. It, it played in the village for one day. <laughs> <laughs> right. It was screened in the village. Now, it was released... In Texas and where was it? Boston. Well, Paris. Yeah, Boston. But, you know, I don't know. There are no budget numbers on this film that I, maybe that's not true and I just didn't write them down, but this film didn't make money. It just spent money. Well, that's my album cover right there. This is all just brooding and I don't know. It's a bummer. His friend died. I just got on Facebook Messenger. Look who died in a link. That's Don't so. Do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Yeah, tomorrow it I'm going to get a thing that said, sorry, guys, I was hijacked. Is there a link? You should click it. Oh, yeah? And yeah. You're in my contacts, right? 
you will be receiving emails. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell you, listen, Carl, your Bank of Massachusetts account has been hacked. You better yeah. check it. Click here. They have this whole pier they could sit on with their go to the rocks. It's all very boring. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing about this film. It's like, I feel like he loses interest or like the movie loses interest with him. It does. I mean, now she'll be asking him, how do you feel about JC? And he'll freak out, you know, don't ask me how I feel, you know, because he's a dude. Right. So there's a little drama at that moment. But other than that, this is just walking around, remembering, talking about GSC. The guy wrote this music, right? The the score by composer Leo Schifrin, who you called out in the credits. He wrote the theme for Mission Impossible. I knew I recognized that name. He also wrote the scores to Cool Hand Luke, Bullets, PX. PHX 1138, which is the same year as this, Enter the Dragon, The Four Musketeers, Amityville Horror, Rush Hour Trilogy, blah, 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 blah. Dirty Harry films. So he's a big deal. And Fred Mertz is this guy's dad. I think that's so cool. Ethel, you're driving me crazy. Oh, Fred. You can hear it in her voice. He's just not want to be there. Hey, Lucy, let's go to the club. I'll come. Oh, God, no. So he just yelled at her, and now he's trying to explain himself. I'm a cool guy, see? First guy ever told me how to handle girls said, like, you gotta be cool. Now that I got to the most uh, remote space in Los Angeles, (laughs) I'm gonna start flipping out. Now, you'd know his dad is Lloyd Bridges. Yeah. his name is Lloyd Burnett Bridges III. That's his name. His parents immediately started calling him Bo after Ashley Wilkes's son in Gone with the Wind, 1939, a book they were reading at the time. Interesting. So, that it's, so that's why it's B-E-A-U. Right. Like the French beautiful. Yeah. He appeared with his father in five films. And there's, yeah, here it is. This is interesting. Lloyd Bridges, Dylan Bridges, his son, and Bo Bridges, they played three generations of the Kress family in Outer Limits Sand Kings, 1995. I just think it was the, neat. They were in it as father, son, and a uh, grandfather, father, and son. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Take that, Bo. Take that, Kirk Douglas. Yeah, that's right, with your yeah. ones. Your one generate. Wait, did they? No, no. It's you, there. There was a movie. It's like it runs in the family, or it has to be family. And it had uh, what did Kirk we Douglas, see? Michael Douglas. We saw Diamonds with uh, Dan nice. Aykroyd. Dan and Kirk. He just had a stroke and he was acting. And that no, and also this movie I saw where it was it was Michael uh, Douglas's son, I think Cameron right. Douglas, was in it. We saw him in that Adam and Eve movie. National Lampoon's Adam and Eve. I think he co-wrote that or something. (laughs) So now he's just sick of her. He's sick of her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
He doesn't want to be in this picture anymore. But you see, he's sick of her, but not because they said, come out to a Hollywood party tonight. And she goes, I don't want to go. It wasn't like that at all. Uh, you know, where were you on Friday? I got a last minute offer for a commercial. You know, there's none of that. It isn't really what the internet talks about. He's corrupted by Hollywood. He's not. He decides he doesn't like her on his own. The, the, his manager just died and he's all bummed out. But he... He's going into the bathroom to hide. He doesn't have like black gun under the sink. <laughs> but the beginning of the movie is like Miss Lonely Hearts. It's like, you know, or... Uh... What's not misleading? Day of the Locust. It's it's this this uh, it reminds me of uh, somewhere the Sofia Coppola movie with uh, Stephen Dorff driving his fancy sports car as a movie star, and he stops mm -hmm. the car and he walks away from the, the Hollywood, like the DeLorean, the tunnel leading towards Hollywood, going through real nature, drilling a hole through nature, and then getting to a a, a you know a disaster area underneath Hollywood. It's all a metaphor. Could so I see that, that movie? Well, I'm talking about the opening of this film, right? Like, do we have a tunnel? We go through somewhere. You should absolutely. I like that movie a lot. Okay, uh, Vox Lux was your first recommendation. Yeah. What's this one called? Uh, somewhere. Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's it's good. It's Stephen Dwarf as a movie star, and uh, so that's the Hollywood metaphor. Yeah, Coppola. Coppola, and he has a fancy car that symbolizes the lifestyle. Wow, they had to blur out the hotel art. I wow, really? I didn't. Well, know see, the, sometimes with YouTube, I'm like, I love this digital. I love how dark this movie looks. And I'm like, oh, it's like it's YouTube. Look, she you know? knows. She knows he's lost yeah. his interest. Now we see two sports things for some reason. We see Lou Gehrig and we see Babe Ruth. Ooh, ooh. Okay, are we gonna get? We get the speech. I mean, that's coming up in the second segment. Oh, love baseball. Yeah, and Babe Ruth was a hell of a woman. So this, this, uh, you would figure you'd watch something, but like tennis, not him. Right. Now here's Lou Gehrig. Oh, here's the speech. Today, Carl took my parking spot as I was driving into the mm -hmm. stadium. <laughs> now, the thing is, like, they always make that dumb joke that. Lou Gehrig died of Lou Gehrig's disease. What are the odds of that, right? Right. But how come they never make that joke for Lou leukemia? Oh yeah, leukemia. Uh, well, the... don't, yeah, don't you think it's odd? Leukemia died yeah. of leukemia. What about your friend Co? What What are the odds of that? Yeah, COVID. Never. Leukemia. <laughs> Okay, now he's going to win. 
Oh, so finally. Oh, no, this, no, no, no. This must be JC in his youth. Oh, all right. Well, that explains why we're watching it. Because it went from the baseball to the baseball to this. Mm -hmm. This is yeah. why I feel like he just left his film. You know what's weird, Mike? I zoned out during the sports stuff and missed that every single time I saw this film. Because this film's like letting you, uh, allowing you to zone out. Right. Look, we're looking at his. Hollywood lifestyle. Look, he said a lot. It's a studio. Oh, see, this was in the opening credits. Oh, they're shooting his commercial. Oh, yeah. Now, the clapboard in this scene says the Christian liquor store. Well, maybe that's the uh, cologne he's selling in, this, uh, in 1969. Oh, wait. Ver vertical hold, horizontal hold. Oh, yeah. Classic. Shooting TV on Sports film. Sports Illustrated. He's selling out. Look at the seats. Sold out show. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Here's Tim Buckley. Okay, you can listen if you want. Oh. That's funny. My neighbors hate me already today. I mean, my studio neighbors. It's a good-looking guitar. Yeah, suede. So this is his... Sweet. This isn't really his cameo in the film because it'll be in another scene in which they're on a picnic. Um, he's not performing. He's just getting a sandwich. He's he yeah, a potato salad. Right, right. And um, Maud's not taking any pictures and he finds it peculiar. <clears throat> I just saw him take one, but he'll say that at the end. He's taking one right now. Yeah, I don't know why, though. That's what... Yeah, I guess right now he, she just looks at him and he says that. Look at smoking in the studio. That's so stupid. Right, well, smoking. even with the big lights like that. <clears throat> remember, so you, could just, you would just smoke anywhere, remember? You would yeah. absolutely... All right, turn on the keg lights. You want to smoke? Yeah. Ugh, put on some pants. Some of the the greatest things happen when you're naked. Maybe that's why they're showing this scene. I don't know. Like, he's, he's posing as Bigfoot. No, that's it. They're no longer. They are not an item anymore. They are split up because Bo just sort of quit on her. Right. Now, here's Monroe again. As soon as Bo is out of the... He brought his family. I want you, Mom and Dad, I want you to meet my parents. We'll go on a picnic. Well, it's the folk singer. Oh, Right. Alan Arbus, Maude Adams, and then another person who the internet didn't care to even tell me about. Plus one. <clears throat> so, of course, Monroe asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. We haven't talked to him in a long time. Like, they're all split up now. That's the folk singer. Right. <clears throat> Mystery woman. Oh, the old carousel. Mm hmm. Uh, it looks like a good time. Like, hey guys, why don't you take a break and uh, stay in character and shoot? 
Oh, they had chestnuts? Now they're talking <clears throat> little talk, you know, like, I want pesticide for the ants. I don't spray that stuff. It's all natural, blah, 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 blah. But then he asks, I heard your friend was in a movie. And she goes, I don't know. I haven't talked to him in a long time. She, he says, do you miss him? And she goes, sometimes. I don't know. They're split up now. Uh. It doesn't really lead to anywhere. We don't understand why. And like, he stopped seeing Monroe. So I guess if Bo is gone, she will be back to Monroe. I don't know. I don't understand. Like this movie is about him. I mean, it's their relationship and stuff. So that's why we're seeing more of her right now. But oh, yeah, finally, that's the thing. this whole movie is about their relationship. From his now perspective, we're seeing them apart. We're about to get an acid trip. Right now, we're going to get a trippy. I think the dream was much better, but right. that's well, what is, we're going to get. This is a drunken night out. It's a um Is he is he tripping? I that's the vibe I get as the scene goes on. Uh you see what I'm talking about? Yeah. The director's doing that kind of But the thing is, he is at a Hollywood party, I guess, but Hollywood didn't make he broke up with Maud for no Hollywood reason at all. But he's not practicing tennis right now, he's going out. Right. And if he's tripping on acid, then it's not cool for his athleticism, right? Oh, man. It looks like a tough room to perform at. The guy tap dancing in the living room. Yeah. You know, tap dancing is just as cool as being a mime. You know what I mean? Like, it's not really entertainment you hire anymore. I saw these two guys whistle. They had a whistling act. Like, it was kind of a vintage-style radio uh, vavillian trick. And it was like, well... Yeah. My son wants to be a mime now. So he was upstairs in his room and I was like, hey, keep it down up there. He was practicing his miming. Keep it down. Do you get the joke? So here he wakes up alone in his swimming pool the day after either a drunken thing or a trippy trip. Didn't oh. like uh, he asked you if you were a mime and you said, no, you're no son of mime. Because <laughs> you weren't a mime, he's your right. son, so he's, he's no son of mime. One of mime. Oh God, what a night! This when I passed out, it was filled with water. <laughs> right, oh, I was so thirsty when I went <laughs> to school. Oh my God! Uh, did I drink? How much did I drink? I got a pee. <laughs> It's classy of him not to pee in the pool. Oh, no, I take that back. Here he goes. Now, look, he just pulled a girl out of the bushes. He must have. We, they, we might, you know, that's in the director's cut, that scene where they meet. You don't think he's having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now? I think he is having a decadent Hollywood lifestyle right now. But I'm saying... The internet was trying to say he gets corrupted by Hollywood. That's not what happened. He hit rock bottom, so he went to Hollywood's world. Wait a minute, what's he? Uh, He's saying my driver, keys. my driver left. Let me borrow your car. He goes, sure, man. Whatever you want, man. 
It's a DeLorean. Is it DeLorean? My fingers yeah. are crossed. We're getting to the DeLorean. The doors that go up straight to the sky, is that only DeLorean? Because then, yes, it's a DeLorean. Yeah, I think that was his signature, signature trick. Okay. Nobody else did? Okay, so there it is. Dun, dun, dun. It's like Donnie Darko. Oh, no, it's the bunny rabbit. The rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always that wear that stupid rabbit costume? <laughs> do people drive DeLoreans like that? Like, does that feel cool? I guess it has to. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it in the film. It looks like it's going to be a plane. Right. I saw one of those. A car can transform into a plane. But you had to stop and click it all into place. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to install, put the wings, what you do, like the model kit. So our movie's going to end now. There's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. He likes to drive these, he gets a chance to drive all these vintage cars around. Yeah. I guess that's Bo Bridges, not a stunt person. Wow, so Bridges is entering a tunnel. And screech, we hear, uh, we won't even get to see it. We hear right. Early 70s ending. Oh, here's the commercial. Hey, oh man, my balls are shaft after a match like that. That's why I use talcum powder. Talcum powder is good, stays on the short and curlies, and soothes my testicles after a great match. <laughs> yep, whether, it's, today. whether it's Wimbledon Open, US Open, or just go to ShopRite, Johnson, Johnson Cancer Free Talcum Powder. Keeps you, <laughs> your balls feeling light on the court, like a good tennis player. I went oh, to the Open, they were closed. Available at all Christian licorice store. stores. Speaking of which, that was Christian licorice store. Oh, with Vo uh, Bridges and Vaughn Adams. Uh, I, uh, let's take a moment before we even to see the, the there's Monty Hellman, Gilbert Gottfried, the late Gilbert Gottfried, which uh, like Gilbert Gottfried, Bill there's some like some movie people, Larry Gelman, that's a movie guy, that's the writer of MASH, right? He was the assistant director, but there's like uh, I thought that was like Mark uh, Martikoff, some Hollywood producer. Oh, here we go, let's take a look. Yeah, let's yeah. see if we can find the MASH guy. There we go. Mike, see, do you see Mike Metavoy? Yes. He's produced, like, every film you've seen. Like, he's a real Hollywood producer. He, he was in the party scene. Yeah. That's they why all I had lines and stuff. Kind of like, you ever see that um, Orson Welles last movie where it takes place at a Hollywood Sugar, screening? Sugar Bear. Uh, okay. No, I didn't see it. What's it called? The Other Side of the Wind. Netflix bought the exclusivity, so you can see it on Netflix. The Other Side of the Wind? Yeah, and then he, there's a documentary about it, which is a little as, as interesting. It's an interesting movie. Oh, yeah. Pleasant Street, Pleasant written Street. and performed by Tim Buckley. So the Christian Licorice Store is located on Pleasant Street. I Well, they were wearing Christian licorice clothes. I know they were looking down at me with their licorice Christians, their Christian licorice clothes. So is it like church clothing Christian or like the licorice is Christian? What's I, like Jewish licorice is something I'm more familiar with, I guess. You're more familiar with Jewish licorice? Yeah. Which is that anise, uh, the black licorice. 
That's hilarious. That's a little, that's kosher, I guess. Oh man, Carl, whew, what a trip. It goes a licorice, <laughs> licorice store. Um, I didn't, I, um, it was good for your show. There was lots to talk about. I don't think anyone's heard of this film when we found, finally found a film. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was some really neat tricks in there, but honestly, like, it just seemed a little, it missed the mark, you know, mm -hmm. but he he does go for some, the director does some big swings, you know, like, and having the film literally be part of the movie, the opening credits. Oh, yeah, that was really, really pretty cool, the way that the opening credits were in the film they were watching. Yeah. And 12 minutes into the film. And then there's some other shots, like the... It isn't like a boring, you know, a shot, a stock footage of a plane leaving. It's like you put a camera underneath the plane, you mm -hmm. know, like, so there's some neat stuff, but I feel like the character just loses interest and like leaves. Yeah. And we know he's going to die. I like the dream sequence. You're right that like we lose interest because Bo Bridges lost interest in everything. Yeah. His girlfriend and. Well, gosh. Well, now we never have to talk about this film. Good news. We're going to watch another piece of shit movie next week. Okay. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Next Sunday, we are watching Drive in Massacre from 1970s. Drive in Massacre. It features everything we like, a word that has the word ass in it, and a drive in. <laughs> uh, so there is a trailer. Uh... M. Ass Acre. Is how you spell it. Yeah. Um, Ass Acres is the place <laughs> to be. Uh, so let me see. This Ask is. Me. All right. So I want you to go find Drive-In Massacre theatrical trailer. This is Severin Films Official is the one totally. It's a no very popular. Yeah. It's a very popular movie on the internet. There's hundreds of trailers and movie versions up, up there. But we like Severin. Severin Films Official, No yep. Space, is our no space. Drive In Massacre, Drive In M. Ass Acre theater tra theatrical trailer. Theatrical trailer. There you go. All right. So let's watch this movie uh, trailer in three, two, one, go. I'll crank up the volume. By the way, this has been approved for restricted audiences only. You must be tied to a chair. How you sent in the California drive, it all began. Oh, I like that. Lala, it will be the same like nothing you'll ever seen before. An absolute and total horror. Oh, let's make out of the drive-in. Yeah, there's no maniacs around here. Hey, <laughs> We're safe. I'm drunk. Come on. Uh-oh, your hand's going to get cut off, dude. Did you Don't do it. Didn't you read the title of the movie? Oh, oh drive. There it is. Drive-in massacre. Scream! Oh, there's more to this trailer. There's cops. Yes. Hey, we found this space in the community center. Well, it's now our police station. <laughs> Wonder where in California. Uh, ooh, a movie within a movie, literally. Get that's out! That's so drive-in. The popcorn butter is artificial. Get out when you can. <laughs> Let's all get murdered. Oh, look at the prices, huh? He did it, right? Look at that fucking Jughead hat. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Chico probably fucking killed himself when he saw that hat. 
Oh, it's too soon. You talking about Freddie Prince? It's too soon. Oh, I was talking about Chico Marx, who must have died in '77. <laughs> Groucho died in '77, right? Do you think it's because of this movie? Uh, no, no, I think he just expired. Ooh, not only is there a drive-in massacre, but there's a guy driving out of a parking spot. Drive out parking spot. Uh oh. Amusement park massage. That's Buck Flower. Buck Flower. Why do I know that name? Because he's always the bum. He was the bum in Back to the Future Three. Uh, That's Back right. To the Future. He was in. We saw him in something, right? Yeah, Fake Out. Oh, was it? Oh, the the Pia Pia Zora movie. Pia Zadora. Wow. So you can tell this movie is exciting. Now they're in a warehouse massacre. Yeah, there's not a lot of drive-in here. I don't know. Like, would you see drive-in massacre in a drive-in? I don't know if I can. That's risky. It's risky. And finally, it will make you scream in it's terror. Like seeing Sundance, ah. movies, Sundance Film Festival killings. Premiering That's at been deemed too terrifying. For the risk is entirely your own. So, I mean, excuse me, the risk is entirely yours. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that is our next week's movie, Drive In Mass Asker, uh <laughs> from 1977. <laughs> Uh, but we warn you, watch it at your own peril, okay? Right. It's yeah. entirely up to you. Listen, you can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your laptop. Do not watch this movie in the drive-in. We'll see oh. you guys next week. Thank you, Carl. Thank you, audience. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Later next week. See ya. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Okay, all right, pass. Okay, one more time. No, no, one more time. We gotta go back to the first one. Oh, God. Okay. You don't know what OCD is all about. All right, let's do the first one. Right? L W A F L M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. L W A L F M O Y T. L W A F L M O Y T. Let's watch a full length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman, let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube. With Mike Spiegelman. We are Rocket Man. Rocket Man.
do to do stay tuned for Claudine and the loaf they're here they got uh i guess they killed their landlord or something like that and <laughs> stole his records so they're bringing those into play for you guys so stick around and next week we're joining uh forces to do a instrumental show isn't that right claudia yeah